happy Monday Thursday. Um, and for some of you, you might hear that, and it might be the equivalent of me wishing you a happy President's Day or happy Columbus Day, but at least with Columbus Day, you get work off. So, um, but I say this because um, Monday Thursday is kind of this holiday that, you know, kind of gets overshadowed by Good Friday and Easter Sunday um, for good reason. But um, we kind of just go about our normal days. So those of you who are currently working right now, raise your hand if you had a normal day of work today. Raise your hand. Now keep your hand raised if you got time and a half for working today. And all the hands just went down. But that's what, that's what Monday, Thursday kind of feels like. People go about their normal days. It often gets barely recognized. I've heard of churches that don't even celebrate Monday, Thursday. They kind of just take Good Friday and Easter Sunday and call that Holy Week and don't include Monday, Thursday. Heck, I've even uh, seen more pomp and circumstance from National Hug Your Puppy Day or uh, National Avocado Day. Like, those holidays get more recognition than Monday, Thursday. And I think the reason that we do this is because we can't quite seem to understand what Monday, Thursday is all about. I think we get that it's a part of Holy Week. I think we get that we're supposed to care about it, but we can't quite get the specifics behind why Monday Thursday is a big deal. For some of you, that importance might be that my child is receiving his or her first communion. But then beyond that, we're not quite sure exactly what Monday Thursday is all about. And my hope for all of us tonight is that we are able to come together and to reverse this narrative of what feels like the insignificance of Monday Thursday and turn it into a significance and understand that Monday Thursday is that turning point which turns us toward the climax of the Holy Week story, which is the cross, which then leads into the resurrection. And so without Monday Thursday, we're not sure what exactly Good Friday is all about. But we do know that this is a reminder to us that the Last Supper was what started this whole life-changing event for all of us, this big transformation in the lives of humanity, basically saying that we are bound by sin no longer. And so in order to kind of break this down a little bit, we have to understand the various aspects of Monday thir- Thursday. So Monday is not Monday Thursday. We're not trying to confuse people. What we're trying to do is to hear the commandments that Jesus had to tell us on Monday Thursday. Monday means commandments. So technically this could be called commandment Thursday because of the commandments that Jesus gives while washing the feet of the disciples and the commandment that he gives during the Last Supper. And it's interesting, as I was reading through uh, the different passages that I'm going to share with you, it's interesting that in the washing of the feet and in the Last Supper, there's this element of we look back into the past to remember the events that Jesus and his disciples shared together. There's a present-day reality for all of us to live out and to participate in. But the one that we often forget about is that there's a future element to all of this. There's something that we all get to anticipate, and there's something that we all get to look forward to when the time comes. And so, 
Normally, we see Monday Thursday as kind of a remembrance, as this past event. And so looking back on John chapter 13, this is the point where Jesus is washing uh, the feet of the disciples. And after the whole episode where uh, he, get, he gets to Peter, and Peter's like, no, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus says, no, I have to wash your feet. And then Peter says, well, if, you get, well, if you're going to wash my feet, then just wash all of it. And then Jesus says, okay, good, because you smell. Um, then, that didn't actually happen. But, but after all of that went down, we hear these words. And these words were read to us during a staff meeting on Tuesday. And this it just blew me away, and I think it illustrates this idea of there being a past element, a present reality, and a future that we can look forward to. So John chapter 13, verse 13. Jesus says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And so I think a lot of times we, we can understand that, we can put it in our brains, and we can be like, okay, wash each other's feet. It's a symbol for serving others, okay? Serving others is nice, that's a good thing. If I just think about serving others, then that's going to make me feel better, and in my mind, I'm making somebody else feel better, and so I'm doing what I'm doing. But I'm here to tell you that it's more than just an intellectual exercise. This is a a holiday, Maundy Thursday, is a chance for us to be impacted at a heart level by the words of Jesus Christ. And so, oh, the good thing is that Jesus doesn't just want, you know, to us to think about washing each other's feet. He says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Meaning, okay, I've washed your feet, disciples. Now go wash other people's feet. Now go serve other people. And I think for us, that's a present reality for us to actually go out and let our actions that are inspired by the words of Christ be so, like, create such a stir in our hearts that we have no choice but to be able to go out and serve other people. That's what Jesus is trying to get at here. He's saying, go ahead and actually do this. And then a little bit later on, he says, Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And here's the part where we get to the future. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed. I'm going to say that again. You will be blessed if you do them. Okay? So we remember Jesus giving the commandment, okay, wash each other's feet, serve others. In this present day, now we are supposed to live that out. We are supposed to serve others in a way that we are reflecting Christ, and by reflecting Christ, then all of a sudden we get to look forward to a world that is blessed by Christ. We get to, we get to hope in a better world, because right now the world's kind of crummy, but by serving others, we get to look forward to a blessed world. And it doesn't just stop there from Monday Thursday, because we've also got the element of the Last Supper. And to kind of give you an idea of the Last Supper, um, this wasn't just a random meal that Jesus was, like, called up the disciples and said, hey, we're going to have a random meal together. There was a purpose behind it, and it was to celebrate the Passover. And the Passover was in remembrance of the Israelites being freed from slavery by God all the way back in the book of Exodus. 
And so Jesus and his disciples, being the devout Jews that they were, um, celebrated this important meal. But here's the thing. The Passover meal has at its roots sacrifice. Okay? Because during the event of the Passover, a lamb was sacrificed and the blood was used to paint on the door frame so that way God would pass over those houses and not kill off their firstborns. Okay, so that's where we get Passover from. But Jesus, the sacrifice once and for all, understands this and is about to redefine this meal altogether. But too often in our church experiences, we kind of go through the motions a little bit when it comes to this time of communion. That's what we remember. When we remember the Last Supper, you know, we kind of go through the motions in church of like, oh, okay, um, I, okay, I hear you, preacher. Um, was it going to be bread or the wafers? Oh, it's actual bread today. Okay, nice. Um, okay, let me wait for the usher to direct me. Okay, um, is he going to get here? Like, am I going to wait here for a really long time? Oh, okay, he's finally directing me, and so I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. I'm not, you know, really thinking about this. Um, oh, those kids look cute coloring in their coloring books. Um, um, okay, I'm here. Okay, I'm going to stick my hands out because that's what I'm told to do. Okay, I got the bread. Nom, nom, nom. Okay, do I want wine or do I want grape juice? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to get a little crazy. I'm going to go to the grape juice today. Okay, great. And then I'm going to put this down. Okay, I'm done. Doesn't that sound so dull? That's such a dull communion experience. There's so much more to this practice of communion. And in Luke chapter 22, I think Jesus brings out an incredible element to the Last Supper. Okay, so right before Jesus is about to say what are known as the words of institution today, he says this to his disciples, I have eagerly desired, eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Okay, we get a glimpse into Jesus' humanity Okay, because we believe that Jesus is both God and human, and we get a glimpse at, okay, Jesus is actually human because he's showing emotion. He's actually excited to do something. Like, picture an eager Jesus right now, just all giddy, like, yeah, yeah, I got to share this meal with you. I'm so excited. Part of that might have been because of what was about to happen to him. But I think another part of it is that he just loves us that much. He really does. He loves us so much that he wants to share in a meal with his creation. That's how much he cares about us. And get this, a little bit later, he says, For I tell you, I will not eat of this meal again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And then again, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Now let's wrap our minds around this, and then we're going to live this out in a little bit, okay? We remember Jesus' last supper that he shared with the disciples, and he commanded that we, are, we as Christians are to practice it on a regular basis. For the nine o'clock traditional service, it's every week. For contemporary services, it's once a month, a regular rhythm. We practice that, Okay, but it's so much more than just going through the motions. What it is, is that we are getting a foretaste 
of what it's going to be like to share in a meal with Jesus in the kingdom of God. This isn't just crackers and juice, folks. This is a meal of hope. A meal of hope in the fact that we are going to be with Jesus when we die because of the fact that he went to the cross for our sins and then didn't stay dead. He rose again so that way we can be free. So that way we can go and we can serve others and brighten up this world. And when we come to... and So communion, this time that we get to spend together, communion, community, the uniting of the different parts of the body of Christ, we're all different. This coming together is a foretaste of heaven. It's a foretaste of heaven. So as we prepare to take part in this Monday Thursday meal, I want you to have that in your minds. And then let those words then penetrate your heart. And understand that, like, I'm eating with Jesus today. Maybe not in a physical presence. We do have the Holy Spirit. But you're having a meal with Jesus, and you're getting a taste of what meals in heaven are going to be like. The great banquet is going to be like. It's a glimpse of heaven. And so amidst this new reality, if you will, We can think about on the night in which Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread, this bread, and he broke it. Just like it says in the Bible. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. For each and every single person in this room. And so do this in remembrance of me. Practice this in remembrance of me. Let this reality sink in. And then again after the supper, he took the cup and he blessed it and he gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood, meaning things are going to change. And this is for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. And so do this in remembrance of me. Now what I'd like for you all to do is to please stand. And together we are going to pray the words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.